Welcome aboard this special flight EK000, where we aim to bring you all the latest updates, trip reports, tips, and with the occasional special guest on this fortnightly unofficial EK podcast. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the journey. Hi everyone, how are you guys and gals doing? Welcome to the EK podcast episode number two. This is the show where we cover everything unofficially, uh, everything to do with Emirates um, and today is going to be no different. Today I am going to go over a trip report and one of my most recent travels from Hong Kong um, over into Dubai for a day stay and then onwards to Glasgow. But this specifically is the EK383 from Hong Kong to Dubai. Um, which I, I was on about 10 days ago to two weeks ago. So originally I was on a Flex Plus ticket from Glasgow to Shanghai. Uh, when I got to my destination in Shanghai um, a few weeks after that, I decided to fly out from Hong Kong instead as um, uh, my work uh, situation changed. So I had to get a local flight from uh, from China into um, Hong Kong uh, using a local carrier, HK Express, uh, for those of you who are wanting to know. Um, and that was uh, unusually uh, very smooth. Um, and don't want to get too much into it, but most of the local flights um, operating within China, and if you're going to Hong Kong, they're normally delayed uh, for military activity and the airspace gets closed and it's always a last minute and I've experienced this many a times. Um, but what was um, unusual um, in this specific trip was the flight was um, pretty much empty. The load was very low, which is again very unusual for a flight um, operating from China uh, into Hong Kong. They are always mobbed and if you are irregularly travelling to Hong Kong, you know exactly what I am talking about. Um, so that flight was smooth. Um, when I got into Hong Kong, uh, just uh, a little note, this was a Flex Plus ticket. So um, I was able to change my ticket from Shanghai uh, uh, into Hong Kong and Hong Kong to Dubai. Um, so that was one of the great benefits of, uh, I suppose you pay a bit more, uh, but you get the flexibility of uh, changing your ticket. Um, so what was unusual again and this was uh, um, Dubai have now started charging a tax, a tourism tax. So if you want to change your flight and you want a stopover in Dubai, you're going to have to pay that little bit. It wasn't that much uh, in the grand scheme of things. If you're paying a grand uh, for a ticket, then um, what was it? I think it was like 30 odd pound for um, a day stayover um, in, in Dubai. And the staff were pretty cool about it. Um, but when I did change my ticket, I was due to fly out within like 72 hours or so. And when I changed it, um, all this um, hoo-ha about the the uh, protest in Hong Kong started to um, trying to scare me away. Um, but as I've been in Hong Kong uh, prior to this, uh, I, I knew there was literally nothing to worry about. Uh, but just for that reassurance, I did phone up Emirates before I flew out and I asked them, should any situation arise where I couldn't physically get to the airport, what would happen with my ticket? Would it be a no-show? 
we all want to avoid the no-shows because um, the hefty final fines and penalties come into place. Um, so I did want that reassurance. And uh, one of the great things I like about Emirates is you can literally go onto the website, go onto the live chat feature, and you can start chatting away to a, a representative. And uh, they were they were kind enough to point out that um, the teams in Hong Kong are constantly monitoring the situation. Um, and if there was any um, um, delays in me getting to the airport, they would put me on the next flight to Dubai. And there's three flights um, a day from Hong Kong, so that would not be a problem. Um, but yeah, um, I um, um, got into Hong Kong. The You could tell the trains that took you to immigration, uh, they were not busy. They were, they were quite quiet, uh, which is, again, unusual for Hong Kong. Uh, I've been there before the protest, so I know what Hong Kong airport and Hong Kong city look like in a normal day. Um, th when I got to the immigration, that was even even more laughable. Um, literally two people at the counter, and again, if you've been into Hong Kong, uh, there's literally zigzag queues all the way into immigration, and there's about there's a f full force of immigration officers waiting for you at the passport control, uh, but there was none of that. Um, and it was so strange. In a way, it felt good that, you know, you were literally from the plane to the exit just after my baggage. It took me no more than 15 minutes. Um, granted, I was sitting at the front of the plane uh, at Hong Kong Express. Um, I was sitting right at the front. So by the time I got out um, into the train to immigration, cleared immigration, got my bag, I was out there with no more than 15 minutes. And then when I got out, went for a good old coffee. And then I just kind of looked around and, you know, it just dawned on me that something is not right here. Um, and in the background, I could uh, I could uh, hear the Christmas jingles playing. It was a bit surreal. <laughs> it just looked awkward, out of place. Something was not right. Um, the Christmas decoration was up in full force, you know, the Christmas tree and all the different, you know, um, whistles and bells, everything was out. But there was something in it. And then as I had my cappuccino, as I was going towards the airport express into the city, which is a fantastic service, love it, uh, literally 20 minutes into Hong Kong from the airport. As soon as I got there uh, to the station, um, the station was closed, or one of the entrances to the station was closed. Bummer. So I had to walk around, uh, and that's when it really hit me that, okay, this is, something's up, because this is not normal for an airport to close off one of the major entrances. So I had to walk to the other side of the terminal at arrivals to get into um, the airport express. And again, th the um, <laughs> it was just really quiet, the train. Um, I got off at Kowloon. Um, I stayed one night in Mong Kok, which was um, the hustle and bustle, if you want to see, of the protests. Didn't experience a thing apart from am I grateful for carrying with me a four-wheeled bag? Uh, because when I got to Mongkok, I was dragging two bags along, uh, my hand carry-on trolley cabin bag, which was four wheels, plus my um, bigger suitcase, which again was four wheels, thank God. Um, a lot of the, the pavements were damaged, almost as if it was like rubble. Um, 
you know, the traffic lights weren't working, some of the escalators wasn't working, um, and it just, you know, it, it just felt, you know, you're coming off um, a flight, be it a short flight, but it was just the inconvenience of having to sometimes manually um, dragging your bags or carrying your bags up the stairs or, you know, ha- having that difficulty of, you know, um, lugging your suitcase around. Um, so, yeah, in terms of Hong Kong, I d- didn't really see anything and I was there again for one night. Um, it's, it's actually a shame for the locals because uh, business, uh, as you most probably know, has been affected there quite a bit. And speaking to multiple people, multiple uh, business owners, restaurants, um, retail, um, you know, the protests are having a huge uh, impact on it. But if you've got something booked, um, don't be afraid, just go for it. Um, I do want to point out that I was there during the weekday and not the weekend, which um, apparently the weekend is where it's all uh, kicking off. Anyways, uh, I stay overnight in the morning, checked out the hotel, and then I made my way over to um, the Hong Kong um, city, uh, to the airport express counter, um, got my ticket for the train, then I checked in to the uh, Emirates flight right from Hong Kong City, which is amazing. In-town check-in is um, a lifesaver. A, it's usually dead, and B, just the convenience of not having to carry any baggage with you on the train to the airport. And as you all know, the airports are generally you have to wait in queues. Um, but the in-town check-in, you literally check-in, get your boarding pass. Your bags are uh, magically transported from uh, the city to the airport onto the aircraft, um, which was um, great. I got the EK383, which is the first flight of the day, which I believe is around about, um, it's, in, it's the first flight of the day, I can't even remember, uh, I think it was 6 o'clock, I could be wrong, 6 o'clock or 9 o'clock, these two <laughs> um, uh, times uh, sound familiar, but it is definitely the very first one, um, I cleared uh, immigration, which again was really quiet, I was only one there I believe amongst a few other people security was pretty dead as well uh, and again Hong Kong this is not normal as soon as I cleared security I got onto the train to the gate 40 and as I was getting the train I could hear on the on the announcements that the Emirates flight has um, there's been a change in the stand from gate 64 to 65 so I took a note of that, uh, of course, and I got onto the train, got off at the first stop, and the Emirates Lounge was near gate uh, 40, which is literally as soon as you get off the train, um, it's just above the shops. My first experience of this lounge was that um, it seemed a little bit small and out of date, um, wasn't a fan of the food, and it is actually quite surprising because although my flight EK383 was uh, operated by a 777 aircraft, the other two flights are operated by an A380s. So I was just trying to picture myself having three flights um, literally so close to each other. I could only imagine on a, on a day where there's full load in all three flights what that tiny lounge must feel like. Um, I believe there was about two or three showers. Um, the toilets were pretty fairly okay sized. But again, just, uh, you know, the seating in the lounge, 
it really didn't feel like it was big enough or had the capacity for um, three full fully loaded aircrafts. Um, I, I was told by another frequent flyer that uh, when flights are full, they normally tend to give out passes for other lounges, which I would hate to go because, you know, me being the EK fan, I would only want to um, experience the true uh, EK-nism, if that's such a word. Um, the food choices, again, I wasn't too happy with. Um, I, 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 to be honest, I think, and I might just be, I might be, might be being biased here, but I never really liked the lounge food in Shanghai either. Um, so it could just be a Far East thing. The food in the UK lounges, amazing. In Dubai, phenomenal. Um, but the Far East, for some reason, doesn't really click. Um, but nevertheless, it was nice, um, just purely for the fact that um, the seating arrangement, looking onto the runway, the sun setting down, you know, that was just um, a nice way uh, to get on. And it was at that time I was looking at the uh, at the runway thinking, you know what, I should have opted for that business class upgrade email which I got. I really should have 25,000 miles and I would have gotten into business class. That's when you really start to kick yourself thinking, why on earth do you not, you know, make most of that upgrade you know why, why, oh why. Um, so as I'm on my laptop, I'm trying to go through to my emails, trying to find that upgrade offer. And of course, there's a there's a certain period where you have to take advantage of that offer. And unfortunately, it's not an hour before your flight. Uh, you have to pay the full 39,000 miles, I believe it is, for an upgrade from Hong Kong to Dubai last minute or in the flight. One other thing uh, in the lounges I noticed was the the situation with the charging points. They didn't seem to have uh, as many, and the ones that they did have, uh, my uh, MacBook charger would not fit in just because of the design of where the the power points were. And I noticed this with someone else who had a different uh, phone charger, where the staff had to go and get an extension, which was a good service to be honest. You know, uh, the fact that they went and got a new charger, but. Uh, this is what I, I was saying earlier on. It just feels a bit outdated and not really. I didn't really see any USB ports, so it just seems uh, that it could do with a bit of TLC. So then the announcement goes uh, that your flight is ready to board at gate um, sixty four, which again was surprising because when I cleared security, as I mentioned, this said there was a gate change to sixty five, but now it's been changed back to sixty four. Um, I exit the lounge, I ask the staff about the situation and here's a quick tip. What in my experience the the, the check-in desk staff aren't as um, uh, well equipped or they don't really have the know-how in finding out the the right amount of load or how busy a flight is. You know I've got various different reports like complete polar opposites of what I've been told at the check-in desk and at the lounge. For some reason, in my experience, uh, if you ask a um, EK rep at the lounge, they have better information or more accurate information. So they said to me, it's a 48% load today. And I just went, hallelujah. You know, uh, I was just all chuffed because, you know, 
I could have done uh, with um, uh, <laughs> a nice bed in economy. I should have really mentioned this at the start, but yeah, I was flying Y, which is uh, my primary mode of uh, class that I travel in. So I walked over to gate 64, which was literally a five minute uh, walk away. Um, I was one of the last people to board and as I walked into the first cabin or the first section um, of economy, that's where I was situated and it was empty. Everyone in that cabin, there was I could I would say there was maybe a maximum of eight people um, in that first cabin of a triple seven aircraft. That's how quiet it was, and everyone was trying to suss their seats out. Um, and this is why I'm coming back onto the online EK seat selector isn't a good indicator of how busy a flight is because when I was checking that up right up until last minute. It was saying the first cabin was entirely full, um, but little did I know that Emirates they actually block off seats for some odd reason. Um, but the lounge staff did tell me that the row next, the, the the row that I was on was completely empty. So I had the middle row, four seats, all to myself. The staff were amazing, uh, great crew. Um, as a gold member or a silver, um, you get this welcome. Uh, a message um, from uh, the pursuer or the, the senior staff um, really nice about it they come up and say do you want anything um, yeah a double bed would be nice uh, but you know it's, it's a nice courtesy um, so that you know the, the crew were very joyful uh, the what I noticed on this flight was um, that I had to spend money because as I sat down looked on the screen and AirPods second generation uh, are now compatible with um, Emirates Airline. So I've always been on the fence to buy one, but I think this kind of secured the deal. Um, so it was nice knowing that these um, new AirPods, uh, not the pros, but the second generation normal AirPods are now compatible, so you don't have to mess about with Emirates' own headphones. Um, it's just the convenience of having them um, according to your own comfort. And then that brings us on to food, which yeah was not good it was hard um, I opted for the chicken um, and I thought I was the only one but the person sitting next to me um, really fantastic guy he was going to Germany he also um, had a few bites and he, he left it and then he asked me how I thought about the food and I said yeah you probably don't want to hear me <laughs> talk about the food not today again I think it's just the Far East thing, I because even the foods to and from the Far East, I j I'm just not compatible with them, uh, and, and the same goes in the lounge, but the food from Europe into the Middle East is amazing. You know, it, it's very nice. Um, and so, really, after food, I just put my feet up and uh, started to just slept, or tried to sleep at least anyway. And then before landing, got up and seen the, the, the message saying that the bags would be arriving in at carousel number seven on the screen. Um, and this is what annoyed me when I got there. Cleared immigration, went to number seven and that flight was coming in from Nairobi. So it just seems that there's like uh, inaccuracies between what's being said um, at different uh, service points 
So I wish you know there would be more um, efficiency in that regard. Um, and then it was on to the hotel shuttle, uh, which is an entirely different story because Emirates have decided, or for some reason the the the, the airport have not updated. Um, the hotels or the hotels haven't updated the customers at the shuttle buses. If you are getting an airport shuttle to the Holiday Inn or the Premier Inn, it used to be um, you had to go into the, as you come out of arrivals, it's beside the taxi rank. But now they've moved the shuttle bus up to the first floor at departures. So myself and someone else were waiting there for like 45 minutes. Uh, waiting for this bus and then uh, one of the staff came up and said oh yeah by the way they've been changed so you can only imagine how um, uh, upsetting that was after a nine hour flight but yeah that is uh, my trip report for EK383 Hong Kong to Dubai hope you liked it please do subscribe and go on to ekpodcast.com share the podcast if you can that'd be fantastic uh, you can join me on Instagram, um, dot com. Um, I'll leave all the links in the show notes. This is available on iTunes and Google Podcast. If you've got any suggestions, if you've got any tips, um, then don't be shy in uh, sharing these uh, with me through email or Twitter. That is it for this episode, and we'll see you in two weeks' time. Take care. Have a great New Year, and all the best. Safe travels. Bye bye.